Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Have you ever wondered why they tear down statues, rename schools, rename military bases? Have you wondered why? I'm gonna tell you why tonight. Pete Buttigieg, is, well, 
Pete Buttigieg got paid. I'll tell you about that and more on I'm Right. Have you heard about the newest outrage, the newest success for the leftists? Have you seen this? They're changing the name of an Abraham Lincoln High School because he did not demonstrate that black lives mattered to him. This is out in San Francisco, unsurprisingly. I saw this last night, and to be honest, I browsed right by it. I was looking through the news, thinking about today's show. Just browse right by it. And then I stopped and I went back. And I tried to wrap my mind around why. I'm always wondering why. What's their motivation? You know, you, you have goals. I have goals. Maybe your goals are specific if you're a huge nerd. Maybe you have things written down on an Excel spreadsheet. In two years, you're going to be here. And, and these goals can differ whatever you do. It could be work. It could be wife, kids, the card, house, whatever, whatever the case may be. You have goals. So you and I, I know because I make this mistake too, I think we make a mistake when it comes to the left. I think we always assume when we see insanity like this, and it's easy to laugh off or browse through as I did or roll your eyes, I think we make the mistake of thinking they have somewhere they want to go with this. They have a goal. There's an end to it, right? There's an end to it. But there are no end goals for the left. There never has been an end goal to let. Remember we talked about Pol Pot the other night? I'll bring him up again real quick because this just made me think of it. Pol Pot, once they took over everything, you had complete power. The communists had everything. There were 22, I believe, members of the communist committee that were kind of running things with Pol Pot. By the time he was done, he'd killed 18 of them too. All they do is destroy. The left doesn't have a goal as in, I want to get here. I want to have this much power. I want to make sure I take over this and then I'll stop. Even if they think they do, that's not what they want. Leftism is a religion of domination and destruction. Their goal is to destroy. They don't realize it, but that's their goal. And they have a purpose for many of these things. Like like when we go over the different things that they've done in this country, why they've replaced this name or toppled this statue, uh, don't get me wrong, they have something specific they want out of that. Their goal for that is this. They're taking away who you are. They want you to be a blank slate. The big problem for the left in taking power in America is American DNA It may not be as strong as it once was, certainly, probably not, but American DNA is distrust of the government. Leave me alone. Rebel. Dislike authority. Don't do what you're told. Oh, I don't want Washington to be too big, too strong. That's American DNA. Well, that's against everything they believe. Well, how do you solve that problem? You take away the past. You simply stop talking about it. And whatever exists from your past, you strip it away. Even things you think may help your cause. They don't want you to have anything. They don't want you to be anything. They want a blank piece of paper so then they can mold you into the good little status they want you to be. That's really why they do all this stuff. One, they love to destroy. It's their religion. Two, they want you to be a blank slate. That's what they want. It's not as if they actually cared. Look, even in nutball San Francisco, nobody actually sat and thought to themselves, man, 
Abe Lincoln was really racist. Let's get rid that. No one had that conversation with themselves. They may have said it out loud, but nobody really thought that. They looked and thought, I wonder if we can do it. I wonder if we can get them to even dump Abe Lincoln's name. How much power do we have? And we're going to get to that here in just a few. We continue to give them power. We give them a, a, a listening ear all the time. Republicans are the absolute worst at this. I'll play a couple for you here in just a few. They're the worst at this. Republicans are so beaten down at this point in time because the left expertly uses things like racist, racism. And Republicans are always just scared, scared little puppies. Oh, please just don't hit me again. I'll, I'll do whatever. Should we change a base name? Then we won't be racist. Then I won't be racist anymore. The, the, the left is masterful at that. But there's a lesson in that, too. Don't ever give them what they want, and don't ever, even if it does, don't ever let them know they hurt you. Never. As soon as you give them a little taste of something, okay, we'll just change this. All right, we'll just adjust that. What if we change the base name? Would that be okay? You haven't appeased them at all. You've taken a, a whole school of sharks in front of you and you've sliced your arm open and let it bleed into the water. Now you've made them ravenous. Now they only want more. That's what the left is. And you and I don't want to think about them that way because they are human beings. You know? They're individuals God made like anyone else. But as a, as, as a whole, we don't want to think about the left that way. We don't want to think about them as, if, as, as what they are a gigantic, destructive monster that will never stop eating. You and I want to think about them like the political opposite because then we can talk about that, right? You can sit and have a conversation. But you can have a conversation with your, with your Democrat aunt or uncle over Thanksgiving, Christmas time. The left as a whole, you cannot. I want you to understand this, and this, this hurts, but it's true. You're living with somebody who wants to burn down your house. That's their goal. You're both living in the same house. They want to burn the thing to the ground. You want your home to prosper. There's no middle ground with that person. There's no middle ground. Even if you just, well, let them, maybe just burn the extra room and maybe one of the bathrooms and then we'll leave the rest okay. Even if that worked, even if, even if it worked for a minute, it would never be enough. Because they still eat, sleep, and breathe. I want to burn this whole thing down. And nothing will stop that. You have to kick them out. It's the only way. It's the only way. When you look and you see the insanity of these people, it should tell you all you need to know. And it's not as if they only come after people on the right. They've even gone after Democrat. Dianne Feinstein. Dianne Feinstein had an elementary school named after they removed it because when she served as mayor of San Francisco from 1978 to 1988, she allowed Confederate flags to fly outside of the mayor's office. Herbert Hoover, Herbert Hoover I'm not exactly a Hoover fan, but this one made me laugh. Hoover's name had to be removed from a school because of the segregation of black families when he was secretary of commerce. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, oh, they kept going. Theodore Roosevelt's middle school, Roosevelt's, his name had to be removed over his opposition of civil rights and black suffrage. Theodore Roosevelt, by the way, was famously not racist. And look again, it's not like there has to be a rhyme or reason. 
they're going to destroy everything they can until somebody stops them. There will be no, there will be no moment where they sit back and say to themselves, all right, that's enough. There won't ever be a moment like that. They tore down, look at this, they tore down Ulysses S. Grant, look. That's not one or two people staring, tearing down a statue in the dark of night when no one's looking. That's a massive crowd tearing down a statue of the Union general who won the Civil War for the North and the crowd cheering, cheering as if it's a gigantic accomplishment. And I'll tell you something else that may make you uncomfortable. That's tomorrow's CEOs in that crowd. Those are tomorrow's United States senators in that crowd people in that crowd? Ask yourself this, that big crowd. You know what? Play that video again. I want you to look at the crowd and ask yourself, as you watch this video, ask yourself, how many of the people in that crowd are going to teach my children in school? Look at this. are animals and they're here to stay and I can let an animal be an animal if that's what they are fine we'll deal with that what I can't deal with and what I'm tired of having to deal with all the time is ballless Republicans on our own side who feel as if we will just give a little bit more and then the left will stop. We just we just haven't quite prostrated ourselves enough in front of them. Just just let just let them whip us a couple more times, guys, and then I promise they'll get sick of it. I will never forget it, and I will never forgive it. During that post-George Floyd death insanity, when businesses were being looted and burned, when great patriots like David Dorn were being executed in the streets, when we had America's cities under the torch. We had Republican Senator Lankford getting up talking about naming military bases? We are also seeing now um, efforts to rename military bases across the country. The Senate, Senate Armed Service Committee voted on that uh, this week. We've seen leading voices like General David Petraeus saying it's time to stop having uh, military bases named after Confederate generals like Braxton Bragg. Is it time? I do, actually. And I think the right way to be able to do this is to be able to have a study, to be able to look at where the name come from, what, what do we need to have, to be able to take a serious look at it, and then to be able to transition. There are lots of great leaders, military leaders that are around the country, that are modern leaders, uh, that we can continue to be able to honor and uh, continue to be able to put names forward. But I, I see it like schools. Uh, every school has a name, and you want those children in that school to be able to learn about the, the founder of that school or the name, that person that school is named after and to be able to have them as a role model you would have that on a military base as well uh, so if you have a military base that is named after someone uh, that actually rebelled against the united states government uh, then you'd want to be able to go back and look at that name it should be a pretty basic principle senator langford thanks for your time this morning thank you you ready to be uncomfortable that guy right there is more dangerous than the left could ever be that guy right there is somebody elected to hold the line for our side 
And when the going got tough, that guy couldn't lay down fast enough just to give him a little more. Well, you're not racist, right? You don't want to be a racist. And that guy went begging for approval from the monsters. You watch out for people like that. And let's focus from now on during Republican primaries and make sure we don't elect people like that anymore. We can't afford that weakness anymore, not, not with what we face now. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, home title lock. I wish they weren't necessary. I know that's crazy to talk about. I really do. I wish there wasn't such a thing as cyber theft, and I really wish they hadn't figured out that home titles are lucrative, absolutely lucrative things to steal, but they did figure it out. And law enforcement simply can't catch up to this crime yet. You don't have anything out there to stop these thieves from hacking into your home title, taking a loan out against it, and forcing you to pay it back. There's nothing out there to save you from it but home title lock. Nothing. They will stop the tampering immediately. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up. Please, sign up before it happens to you. Don't forget to use the promo code RADIO when you do. That gets you 30 free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. You know what's the funniest thing about politics? And look, this happens on both sides, but it's the funniest thing about politics. We act like we care about corruption, don't we? We care about things like pay for play. If you ask, if you went right now, if you walked outside of your home, don't do this, but if you walked outside of your home and just shoulder tapped 100 people and asked them, do you care about political corruption? 100 of them will say yes. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. We can't have it. And yet so often it happens right in front of our eyes and we don't really care. The press certainly doesn't care. We all shrug our shoulders. Yesterday, Biden made an announcement. Quote, Mayor Pete, Mayor, Pete, Mayor Pete Buttigieg is a leader, patriot, and problem solver. He speaks to the best of who we are as a nation. Gosh, who talks like this, these people? I am non nominating him for Secretary of Transportation because he's equipped to take on the challenges at intersection of jobs, infrastructure, equity, and climate. Yes, yes, those are the most important things. And it wasn't, it wasn't that Buttigieg got some jerkwater government job. I don't, I don't care about that. Remember back in the Democratic primary when there were 9,000 socialists on stage and all of a sudden, in the course of 24 to 48 hours, they all cleared the field and just, you know, on their own, look, I've given it a lot of thought and I've decided I'm the, this isn't the year for me. They cleared the field for Biden and everybody knew they cleared the field for Biden. And now what you're seeing, what you will continue to see is the payoff. You see, you don't, when you're ambitious, politician, left or right, young, ambitious like Pete Buttigieg, and you're running for president and the publicity's good and you're on TV every night, autographs and, hey, can I take a picture with you? You don't wake up one morning and think, you know, I don't know what's best. I think Joe Biden is the best pick for America. You don't ever make, you don't ever wake up and think like that. That's not how these people think. You know what you do wake up and do? You wake up and check your messages. Huh, missed phone call. Better give them a call back. Ring, ring, would you like to meet somewhere, Pete? Sure, sure. And you go, you have a sit down, and Uncle Joe calls you in, and no one else is there, of course. Cup of coffee, bring Pete a mimosa or whatever he's drinking today, and 
Hey, Pete, uh, what would it take for you to get out of the race? That's what happens. Yes, in case you're wondering, that's illegal. And it openly happens all the time. Pete Buttigieg doesn't have a a single thing on his resume that shows he should be uh, Secretary of Transportation. Not a single thing. And yet he's Secretary of Transportation. Why? Because political corruption happens right in front of our faces and no one cares. Everyone knows why he's Secretary of Transportation. Because they cut a deal for him to get out of the race. And guess what? He ain't the last one either. The other candidates who chose to bail and pave the way for old Joe to shuffle his way up and serve his four months for as president of the United States of America, they're all going to get paid too. Because that's how the political game works. That's how it works. Buttigieg, I'm glad he got up and really laid out the priorities. This sounds like it'll go well. At its best, transportation makes the American dream possible, getting people and goods to where they need to be, directly and indirectly creating good-paying jobs. At its worst, misguided policies and missed opportunities can reinforce racial, economic, and environmental injustice, dividing or isolating neighborhoods, undermining government's basic role to empower everyone to thrive. It's going to be four years of this. You know it is. It's not like it's not even like I'm singling out old Pete. It's going to be four years of, of racial injustice and the climate. We've got to do something or the rise of the oceans. It's going to, I forgot how brutal it is to have a Democrat president. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I was happy to see, though, Black Lives Matter. They're going to make sure they're a thorn in Joe's side for as long as possible. Their leader, Jordan Geiger opposes Pete Buttigieg. Quote, we urge the rejection of our former mayor Pete Buttigieg, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, and former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, and Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo for Transportation Secretary or any other cabinet position. I cannot tell you how much I enjoy watching these leftists eat their own. I love it. I love it. All right. I struggle with something. I know you probably struggle with it too. How do we fight the culture war with our dollars while also, I mean, you have to live, right? You have to live. It's easy for me to say, I'm not going to go see that uh, Hollywood movie packed full of leftists that's anti-American. China edited the movie. I'm not going to go see it. It's easy to say that, but you got to go do something. You still have to exist in this world, don't you? Well, that's why I love Mammoth Nation. I, I love it. Get this. I'm not, I'm not making this up on my life. $19 a year is what it costs. $19 a year makes you a member. And when you become a member, you get discounts, great discounts on things like hotels, shopping, telehealth, much more. Much more, more things than I could possibly name on this show. You get discounts there. And where does your $19 go? Well, conservative candidates running for office. So you can both... Spend the money at places that are appropriate on great things that you want and fund people running for office that you want in office. That's awesome. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now, correspondent with TatumReport.com and guy who's always just throwing himself under the maw, 
Drew Hernandez. Drew, it's my understanding you were at this Antifa Black Lives Matter assault fest. Once again, we saw, I think there were four people stabbed at this Trump rally in D.C. Tell us what you saw. Yeah, for the most part, the March for Trump rally on Saturday morning in Freedom Plaza in Washington, D.C. was was peaceful, right? But it's always when the sun goes down, right? Saturday night when Black Lives Matter and Antifa militants, they get bold, they get into groups, and then they specifically target uh, Trump supporters in groups of like two, three, five max. And then they physically assault them. Um, some of these militants were taking high-powered lasers, uh, not the red ones, the, the green ones, and literally shining it in the face of Trump supporters, attempting to blind them, physically assaulted them, vandalized uh, their iPads that they were holding recording. Uh, some of them, obviously, you could see the footage on my Twitter at Drew H Live. They were sucker punching Christian some, uh, Trump supporters from behind, macing them in the face. It, it's, it just, it's ridiculous that these people continue to get away from this. But what I wanted to point out, which was absolutely ridiculous, was that as a response, the Proud Boys responded to protect innocent people on the streets that were getting physically assaulted on Saturday night. Multiple Proud Boys were stabbed. But the point I wanted to make was when the sun went up on Sunday morning, Black Lives Matter held a press conference in BLM Plaza complaining to the world that the MPD, the police officers, were not doing a good enough job at protecting Black Lives Matter and Antifa. The same people that have been calling to defund the police all year long, all summer long for the past six, eight, seven months. It's like these people wanted to fund the police, but then when they're like claiming to destroy the American system and they physically assault innocent people and then people punch back, they complain about the police not protecting them well enough. It makes, Jesse, it's just like, who are these people? Why are we giving these people such a platform? They're literally changing policy. They're defunding police departments, and yet they complain about police departments not protecting them well enough. Like, where are we, Jesse? What's going on, man? <laughs> we, we, we truly live in the most bizarro world possible. I, I, I've, I've, officially, I've officially recognized there is no making sense of anything, Drew, so believe me, you're not alone. I come here every day, and I just throw my hands up for an hour in front of the TV. Now, um, let me ask. What were the cops doing? Because I see these videos, I see your videos, and honestly, go check out Drew's website. I see the videos he puts up all the time. And I mean, these are t old people, an old couple walking down the road, getting sucker punched from behind. And I understand cops cannot be everywhere. I, I get that. Where are the cops? What are they doing? Are they arresting these people as soon as they're committing these assaults? What is happening? A few arrests are made. But this is my opinion. I personally believe the mayor in DC ties police officers' hands behind their back. Um, you see this in Portland, you see this in Seattle, you see this in a lot of heavy blue states uh, that are controlled by Democrat mayors, governors. They, they, they look like Ted Wheeler in Portland just ties the hands of police officers behind their backs to where they cannot use the training that they've been trained for, for crowd control, for riot control. They don't let them do their jobs and they actually put them in danger in some cases. But it is interesting. I wouldn't necessarily fully blame the police officers. I would blame the higher ups that are tying their hands behind their backs because they do make some arrests. But honestly, it's like the Proud Boys offer more protection at these rallies than the police officers actually do. And, and I would probably blame the mayor for something like that because it's obvious, it's obvious, Jesse. The mayor in DC is clearly Black Lives Matter, <laughs> clearly. And what's interesting as well, Jesse, is this weekend, the police officers were actually protecting Antifa and Black Lives Matter a little more than the Trump supporters from the Proud Boys. So it's like, 
again, these people that call to defund the police actually receiving protection from the police and then complain that they're not doing a good job. It's just, I, I think we'd have to really investigate what the mayor is really doing behind the scenes. Drew, describe what the Proud Boys are besides something that has a really odd name. What are the Proud Boys for people who've never heard of them, don't know anything about them? Describe what they are, please. You're the, you're the one who's been on the ground. Yeah, no, I'm obviously not a Proud Boy, so, you know, I don't know if I could 100% speak on their behalf, but from what I do know, from what I have studied, they're 100% pro-faith, pro-patriot, pro-America, obviously pro-Trump group. The media calls them white supremacists, but they're clearly not because there are black Proud Boys, there are white Proud Boys, and there are brown Proud Boys, like Hispanics, uh, that are in this movement. And they love America, they love the president, they just want to see freedom reign. Um, and I think some people will go as far to say that the Proud Boys are like the answer to Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Uh, because they defend the republic, they defend the innocent, they defend our constitution, they defend what's right at a lot of these violent, violent, violent uh, scenes that you see in the United States of America. So I think that's 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 kind of what I feel safe saying because I'm not a proud boy, but from what I've seen, uh, that's what I've seen their actions do and produce. Drew, explain to me this merger with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I guess at the beginning, during all that George post-George Floyd insanity, I saw both groups. I didn't really picture them as being the same group, but, but they really sound like they work together a lot, or am I misinterpreting that? Especially in D.C., uh, definitely Black Lives Matter, the local chapters, uh, the local organizations, and Antifa, they get together. You see both flags at these gatherings in D.C. You'll see a Black Lives Matter flag. We'll be chanting Black Lives Matter. And then you'll see an anti-fascist Rose City Antifa uh, flag being wove right at these organizations, right at these uh, you know rallies, these protests, these riots that they hold. Um, I think it's interesting because Antifa goes far beyond the United States of America. If you study them in France, you study them in Europe, their strategy is to recruit people that want to see America or the system burn. It's very simple. So it makes sense that because Black Lives Matter is a neo-communist organization, they want the same thing. They want the same goal. The anarchists want to see American burn, uh, America burn, and the communists want to see America burn. And I think that's where they unite. But, but the common thread, to be honest with you, Jesse, I think the common thread in all of this is an absolute centralized hatred for Donald Trump. Uh, I think that's what unifies these organizations more than any, even Democrats, even some progressives, people that are not normally into politics. I think the main unifying factor is a absolute hatred for Donald Trump. And that's what you see I think happening in America that's really unifying a lot of extreme organizations and even some progressive organiz organizations uh, on the same battlefront. True. Worldwide, I, I did not realize we had Antifa in, you know, other countries. That, that sounds like an organized, funded movement, or is that still just something that sprouted up because we do it here? No, it absolutely is. Antifa goes back... I think even in the days of the 1940s, uh, Antifa has always been around. They ha they are insurrectionists. Uh, they are neo-communists mixed with uh, uh, obvious, obviously Marxism and anarchism, but they are used, they claim to be anti-fascists, but they do the opposite in many countries in order to infiltrate society, destroy law and order, and to burn down the system from within. You've seen this in multiple countries. You've seen this, obviously, in the United States of America, but that's their end goal. They have an entire 
uh, system of how they do things, how they infiltrate. It's 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 very uh, it's like you said, it's very organized what they do, and I think we need to take a serious look at it and continue. But obviously, we could possibly have a president right now that thinks that Antifa is not an organization but an idea. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Drew, you, you've been around them. This is going to sound like an odd question, but I really mean it. What are they like? We see the internet highlights. I, I'm not there on the ground. You're the one out there putting yourself in harm's way. And we see, obviously, the scumbags macing, and we see the, the fireworks. We see all that. Is it, is it, does Drew, do you walk by one on the sidewalk, and he's cussing and spitting at you? Do they ignore you? Do they cross the street and run the other way? What, how do they conduct themselves? Well, I am an investigative undercover reporter. So most of the time they have no idea that I'm even there. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I can't give out too much information because then they'll know. So I'll leave it at that. But what I will say is they're, they're very caring when it comes to people that they claim to be or designate on their side. I think that's just a mark of humanity, and that might sound like a crazy thing to say about Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They're very caring. They have their own medics. They take care of each other. They're very unified because they have a common goal and what they want to do and wherever they're doing it. Now, when they see an enemy, it's like night and day. They just completely turn into violent zombies. Everyone is Hitler. Everyone's a Nazi. It's like they have multiple personality disorder. I'll leave it at that. They're very nice, very caring to each other when it comes to someone that they claim to care about. But when they see a common enemy, it's night and day. They turn extremely violent. They're, they're, very, they're very organized. And one thing I will say, Jesse, is I think the right does fail at this a lot when it comes to unifying uh, and banding together when it comes to going against a common enemy, whatever that may be. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of ego. There's a lot of things that divide us on the right. But the left is very good at just dropping all of that and unifying to destroy whatever their target is. And, and, and I think that's something that I give, I give them, hey, give them props for that because they're very good at it. You know, the Democrats do it, progressives do it, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. They drop everything and they just unify to destroy whatever they're targeting. So that's kind of like their personality. They're, they're very uh, bipolar. I'll leave it at that, dude. They're yeah. very bipolar. No, that was fascinating. That was fascinating. Thank you. Learn from your enemy. Drew Hernandez, everybody. Go check out his work. I appreciate you, bud. Thank you. Now, I know. I, I know what you're going through. I know we all have these issues. Sleeplessness. Joint pain. Anxiety. I know you do. And I know we're all looking for solutions, right? Don't don't you think you probably put enough man-made chemicals in your body? I know I do. Believe me, I'm not pointing any fingers at you. I'm, I'm just as guilty. Well, natural medicines and holistic healing approaches, those are known to help alleviate these things. And that's why I've gone with the CBD route. And I realize that's difficult, too, because all CBD is not the same. There's a million different companies. Well, Doctors Trusted CBD Company... They took the time and energy to research the entire CBD industry and make sure they only sell the best. They have a bunch of different products to choose from, including Be Best Organics, which I would highly recommend you check out. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off your order and a free lip balm through the holidays. We'll be back.
Joining me now, as he often does, Ken the Court, founder of Media Action Network and the Court News. Ken, we see people tearing down monuments, changing the name of schools and military bases, and, and people on the right are always upset about this, as I am, full disclosure, I always am. Mm -hmm. But people are confused what the end goal is for the left. Is there an end goal? I, my theory is the end goal is simply destruction. That's what leftism is anyway. But am I crazy? Yeah, I think it's probably like the, uh, probably like a lot of guys' ex-wife. The, the end goal is money and appreciation. Uh, look, I don't know what there, there is no, there is no, <laughs> outside of we hated Donald Trump and they went through four years of, of, of hating Donald Trump, I haven't really seen outside of kind of the, the burgeoning socialist movement on, on the left and the free stuff. And, and, and look, that's what the whole youth movement is, is, is all about. We want free health care. We want free, uh, we want reparations if we're black. We want college reparations if we're, if we're not. We want all, all of these things. Much of that is, is just not really based around any kind of serious philosophy that I've seen. Um, um, I, I, I can't find it anywhere. How burgeoning is this socialist movement on the left? I, I struggle with this because when we talk about the left has been completely taken over by these nutjob socialists like AOC and things like that, but Nancy Pelosi's still going to stumble her way back into the speaker's chair. What, what are the percentages now? Well, you know, I don't think it's as big as, as, as cable news and Twitter would have you think. I mean, look, the reality was if you looked at that far field of, of presidential candidates on the, on the Democratic side... Tulsi Gabbard was basically conservative, so she never got off the mat. Everybody else was pretty far to the left, except Joe Biden. And Joe Biden won. And, and he wasn't the most impressive candidate. I mean, but he was also, you know, they, they went for the more and most moderate person at a certain point. And, and so that tells me that there is still a good 60, 65, maybe more percentage of Democrats who are like, look, we hate Trump. We like to be liberal. We want there to be more social programs. We, we you know, we, we feel terrible about blacks, so give them anything they want. And, and you know, we feel terrible about gays, so even if you want, want to give beta blockers to every kid in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in the world, we'll, we'll do that. I mean, a lot of this is just born out of niceness. Um, but I think it's fair to say that, that you know, they, they nominated the only kind of mainstream conservative compared with the rest of that lineup. So, you gotta. You, you, you have to find some hope in that. Ken, speaking of Tulsi Gabbard, now what I'm about to say, I know you're going to find this shocking. I actually don't mean this to be mean or nice, but people think Tulsi Gabbard, I have a friend of mine who swears Tulsi Gabbard is going to become a Republican within four or five years, and he thinks she's going to be the nominee for President of the United States of America. I said he's a nut job because she's too liberal. I have since come around to the fact he might be right, and she seems to be going hard right. What is your take on Tulsi Gabbard? She's obviously no card-carrying conservative. What is she? She's no conservative, but if you look at, I mean, I mean, look, there's there's what people believe and there's what people say they believe. All right, I mean, when when Barack Obama was elected president. He really supported gay marriage. He just had to shut up on it because he knew it wasn't politically popular. She came from a position, and I think she had some pro-life and some some conservative, socially conservative positions until she became a Democratic congresswoman. And then it's like, you know, you can't say certain things. I mean, I mean, the concept that she came out and said, you know, 
people who were born with penises shouldn't compete in sports with with people who were born with vaginas when it when it comes to things. I mean, and and got blasted from coming from that. I mean, that's a radical notion in the Democratic Party, and it's a and it's an obvious truth to anybody who's not part of the Democratic Party. So I do think she's to the right of of, of Democrats. I still think she's to the left of 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 most Republicans. She's really hot, so that gives her an extra three points on the uh, on the scale. I mean, look, do you think AOC, if if AOC was chubby and had bad acne, do you think anybody really care about the nonsense she spews? I mean, so that counts in politics to some extent. And, and the Jesse it's Kelly t- show. Look at you. I've, you are the best looking, <laughs> best looking commenter on uh, commentator on, on on TV. So well, there's no question about that. There's no question about that, and I applaud you that your eyes are still doing so well. But <laughs> is she too hot? And I really do, Jen, in the minutes, I'm not trying to be glib. I have this theory that, like Christy Nome, Tulsi Gabbard, I think they are actually too attractive to get elected on, in a national election. I, I think that will be viewed as a threat to enough women, not all women, obviously, but I think that'll be a threat to enough women that they can't get elected. Am I nuts? I don't think that, I don't think that they're that hot. I remember one boss that I that I, I I used to have who happened to found the Fox News Channel. He when he was looking at TV personalities, he would say, you know, they have to be attractive enough that the guys are like, wow, that girl's attractive, but not so good looking that the women hate them. And and I think that the that the Christy Gnomes and the Tulsi Gabbards probably are in that. Uh, you know, they're not quite Claudia Schiffer out there. They're not quite uh, you know that level of where I think that 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 people will will dislike them you know hate them because they're beautiful how much how much focus is the right finally going to put on this critical race theory insanity and this is why i asked the question ken it has obviously wormed its way through every aspect of our culture and society that this this white guilt thing it, it's it's awful and it's everywhere now and i see it in the republican party too and we got a nice little taste of what it was in the post-George Floyd death. Is mm-hmm. the Republican Party finally going to start taking this seriously? This is a problem. This is a threat to the country. I mean, I was a little disappointed when one of the GOP leaders said, hey, look at all the new all of the new members of Congress who won, uh, the, the Republicans who won and they weren't expected to, and they were all either women or minorities or, or, or and I was like, gosh, you're playing the same game. Um, um, look, I think that we will start to see a bit of a, I mean, look, I have never really, I, I don't, didn't for the last 54 years run around thinking of myself as white all that often. I just didn't. I was just a guy and whatnot. But now as, as male and white have become pejoratives, have become literally like, oh, sorry, you're, we're going to put a thumb on the scale of thing. I've started thinking of myself more as that tribe, a tribe of white people. Um, um, and, and I don't know if that's healthy. I, I actually think the re-racialization of America is what we're in the midst of, and I think that's wrong. And and so, but I do think that there will be some backlash. I mean, there would be people like me who would say, "Oh, look, here's an ad in in our local newspaper that says, you know, here's how to here's how to go to all the black businesses." And before I would have been like, "Yeah, whatever." Now I'm looking at it, it's like, well, that's kind of racist. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's 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 racist for a to help this one group. So I I I think that they are much more aware of it than they ever were before. I think that certainly when it starts happening in the federal government, we're going to see some stuff come out of the Air Force. They're going to have, uh, um, they've been playing stupid games in there with, you know, these aren't, these aren't what, what Chris Wallace, who used to be a colleague of mine at, at, at Fox, I mean, these aren't uh, racial, uh, what is it, you know, feel good racial awareness programs. These are 
if you're white, you're racist. And, and if, if you know you're racist, you're racist. And if you don't know you're racist, then you're a repressed racist. And, and it's nonsense. And I think that, that people will start paying attention to that a lot more. When it happens in the federal government, now will be the Republicans will be much more critical than they were when when Donald Trump was running the, the federal government. But isn't it too late then, Ken? I mean, this thing is already all through the bureaucracy. They teach it at the FBI. It's already in the military, as you just pointed out. We just had the, the commander of U.S. Special Forces come out and put some big thing up about diversity and this being our strength thing. This, this stuff seems like it's already wormed its way through all the institutions. And still, most people don't even know what I'm talking about when I bring it up. Yeah. Nothing is permanent. Everything is a pendulum and everything gets pushed and pushed back. Um, it certainly had a lot. They, they flew under the radar, but by calling them, oh, it's just diversity and, and, and by a lot of a lot of things, it, it, it took leaps and bounds under the radar. Uh, it certainly certainly colleges helped help push that in the last handful of years. And now all those 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 dingbats have graduated college and now they're working in the HR department and they're and they're and they're going to bring on those those, those things. Um, but. You know, look. Here's 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 the reality: is is it's also at its very heart, it's fundamentally antithetical to American values. It's it's antithetical to hey, let's treat people the same. Let's 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 not play the fact that oh, you came from Cambodia, so we have to help you, but you came from Japan, and Japan people are smarter, so we're we're, we're not going to help you. That's an ugly game. Um, um, in my lifetime, I've seen it go up and down. I mean, look, affirmative action which is just a nice word for racism towards people we, we feel bad for. Uh, I mean, that was an open and out and 100% and legal concept when I was 25 years old. I mean, it would literally be like, oh, we are going to let X percentage of blacks into Stanford Law School. And, and you could look and say, wow, look, look at their LSATs versus white people's LSATs. Then that kind of fell out of favor. They still play the game, but they they try to hide it. And now it's making a comeback. But uh, nothing is permanent. And the more that, that we talk about it, the more that we point out racism, even when they call it affirmative action or when they call it something else, I think is important because, uh, because again, there are fundamental American values of meritocracy, of, of treat, you know, all you have to do is, is play a little bit of, uh, of Martin Luther King's speeches and, and, you know, he'd be walking around right now saying, damn, this stuff's racist. <laughs> Ken LaCourt, Media Action Network. Thank you, my man. Good seeing you. We'll be back. You know what I absolutely cannot stand? Cannot stand it! is when I turn on a piece of great music that I love, you know, something high-end, like, like country music or something like that, and somebody starts singing over it and ruining the daggone song. So when I saw this video, it made me want to choke somebody. Here you go. Hey, Alexa, play Piano Man by Billy Joel. Piano Man by Billy Joel on Amazon Music. That's awful. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.
your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.